You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. you do if you could travel through time it's a wonderful hypothetical that offers endless possibilities in response kill hitler go back to the beginning of the season and put some money on the cubbies or try to find the love of your life and strangely there's an entire genre of time loop time travel movies that have all collectively been dubbed the groundhog day formula and while none of the entries into the genre have ever exceeded the greatness of groundhog day there have been varying degrees of success, which brings us to Meet Cute. Director Alex Lehman attempts a fresh spin on the Groundhog Day formula in a film that follows obsessive Manhattan native Sheila, played by Kaylee Coco of The Big Bang Theory and The Flight Attendant, who discovers a time machine in a nail salon and uses it to continually relive one night in order to perfect elements of her meeting and first date with Gary, played by Pete Davidson, until she gets it right. What we get is a unique spin on the formula that is funny, dark, and touching, but ultimately about the peaks and valleys of relationships, love, and trauma. I am TC DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and here with me to discuss the peaks and valleys of this movie is my squad. I've got Mindy. What color you want for your nails? <laughs> ben. Hey, how to hey. And Melina. Hello. What did we think of Meet Cute? I'll repeat it. What did we think of Meet Cute? I'll repeat it. What did we think <laughs> of Meet Cute? And so on and so forth. And other time loop puns. How's everyone doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, and I think I generally enjoyed it. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a big fan of time travel movies. And, you know, people always try to get into that. It's like, oh, but, you know, does the time travel logic make sense? It doesn't have to in every movie. And this movie does it in, in such a perfectly arbitrary way, like like Hot Tub Time Machine, where it's like, it doesn't matter if this makes sense. It's supposed to be goofy and weird. And it does my favorite thing you can do in a time travel movie, which isn't done enough, which is it starts in the middle of the time travel already happening. Yes. That yeah. is always so much more fun where you're picking up on hints of it. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, don't worry. None of this matters. We'll do it all again. It's like, all right, movie, you got my attention. You at least started at the interesting part. <laughs> Well, also, mm. this movie does a better job at the time travel explanation than a lot of other things. Yes, you have to accept the time machine is a tanning bed, but it's like, okay, how do we deal with meeting the person that you were previously? Well, they address that. How do you deal with you've gone back a really long time and technically altered history. They address that too. How do you deal with stuff happening that didn't affect history, the things that had to happen for history to occur? They address that too. So in a made-for-TV, because it is Peacock, <laughs> a it's Peacock, film, yeah. 
that involves time travel, they actually get the time travel rules pretty well done. <laughs> yeah, they are tight. The trick with time travel movies is to follow the rules you set in the film. Yes. As long as you don't break the rules that you set, the logic is there. And people want to get nitpicky about it. Shut up. This has got time travel elements similar to Teen Titans Go to the Movies, where they, <laughs> we're going to travel back and do this. Ah, oh, we screwed up. Uh, let's redo, redo, erase it, erase it. I do like that they actually kind of call themselves out on that pretty early on. Mm-hmm. I think that if the dialogue were not written as funny as it is, and these two actresses, uh, Kayla Cuomo, and I don't know who plays June, but the actress who plays June, they have that moment where they're like, yeah, so this time machine, the guy who, you know, the guy who bought it, he went back in time and made it so he didn't. And like, wait, he got bored with it. Yeah, yeah. He just... he's like, wait, well, then how is it still? It's like if that had not been written as funny as it was, then I would have been like, mm-hmm. okay, that's classic lampshading to where they're like, well, we're aware of the fact that we can't get the rules right, so maybe the audience will accept it when we do. But that's actually kind of the only time in this movie that I thought it actually came close to breaking its own rules. Deborah S. Craig, by the way, is June. Thank you. And I think that bit is one of those ones playing up June about, yeah, that's why I have such a glowing sense of humor. It's like, no, June does have a great sense of fever. She's just the most dry human being possible. And it's kind of, <laughs> a, yeah, it's really a great thing when Kaylee Kuoko is playing it so big as Sheila to have her opposite uh, Jude. It's just like, yes, actually, this actually really works as like a weird friendship where they clearly barely talk, but when they do, mm-hmm. it's goof. It's just goofy, fun stuff. Where this movie thrives is in its cast. Everyone here is playing to their strengths and playing with some really great snappy dialogue. The direction on this is really good. It's a better movie than you think it would be just having it pitched to you. Yes. Hey, Pete Davidson and Kaylee Coco made a movie for Peacock. Uh, no, hold on. <laughs> There's a reason those two have successful comedy careers. There's a reason that they are good at certain material. And putting them together, this movie is much sweeter than I expected it to be. It's a lot funnier than I expected it to be. And... I think that plays across the board because all there's not a big cast here. There's only about five other characters in this entire movie that have like speaking roles and someone like June, we got our doorman. <laughs> there's minor characters throughout this that get a chance to shine in every bit of dialogue. There's not a wasted second in this time travel movie, funny enough. Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up. It's, I mean, this is just something I noticed now as you were talking. Uh, like you said, this is very small. The cast is very limited. And, and yet it doesn't have the feeling of a COVID movie. It does not. No, know. no. This New York is a character in this thing. You get to really see this city and the life, the nightlife in particular, because she's trying to recreate their first meeting and first date. And weirdly enough, we never see the original title meet cute. We see her constantly trying to recreate it, but we never got to see in its entirety them meeting for the first time. We get references to it. We see what she's trying to recapture, and we get little flashbacks within the time travel. But ultimately, weirdly, we see rom-coms all the time, and it's all about, oh, they meet, they fall for each other, they break up, and they get back together, and they live happily ever after. Well, then what? This movie is a relationship film. It dives deep into the nuances of long-term relationships. There's some wonderful moments of like Pete Davidson, like, I don't understand why you're so mad at me. We literally just met like, Oh, blah, 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 Gary. (laughs) Of course you would say that Gary. Always this problem with you, Gary. (laughs) I think I'm going to go now. (laughs) Because the tone is very sweet. And because the tone is very uh, comedic, 
there is one thing that did bother me about it, and it goes back to you know what you were saying of, the, of it being a, a sweet movie, is that when you really think about the overall message of it, the more I thought about it, the more disturbed I kind of got by it. Because the reason that Sheila is doing this, the reason that mm-hmm. she is trying to get this perfect moment with Gary is because before this moment, she was going to commit suicide. And she was going to commit suicide because she felt she had nothing to offer and she had nothing in her life. And then she met Gary. And Gary became the thing that gave her life meaning. In a fantastical, romantical, storybook kind of way, oh, you came into my life and gave it meaning, that's sweet. But in a realistic way, have expecting somebody else to be the reason your life has meaning is a very dangerous and horrible thing to do to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just like having the moral of the story be have someone come into your life and be your everything. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how I feel about that in regards to the overall tone and sweetness of the movie. I think that everything that you guys have said so far is what I loved about the first act of this. Yes. I love the dialogue between the two of them. I think that the way that Pete Davidson and uh, Kaylee Cuoco play off each other is so, you know, they've got a great chemistry together. And I loved watching the two of them just kind of go through their various trials and errors. But I think the problem with this movie and why I don't think I like it as much as you do, Ben, is that when it hits that second act, and especially the third act, it switches the tone so drastically. And I feel like some of the implications that it introduces that they originally play for laughs, they never really quite explore those or really delve into them. Exactly. One of them being like when she goes back in time, she kills herself every single time. She hits her with a car. And the implication... Murders herself. Murders herself, yeah. And the implication of when you see yourself, you murder yourself every single time. That is something to explore. And other than the initial comedic uh, introduction of it and some brief glimpses of kind of the not comedic psychological implications of it, it's never really addressed. Right. Well, they just, they play it for laughs at first. And I'm like, that's fine. But I'm like, okay, now you got to get serious with this. Mm-hmm. I see it as like she already had that self-hate. So it is kind of that vindication for herself mentally. But then also, I mean, the movie plays some other things that I, I only realized, like thinking about it for a little bit, that was really interesting. Like in the first time when she's trying to explain this to Gary and Gary's like, no, that, you know, we can talk again later. And she's like, no, no, something will go wrong. You think, oh, she's already seen these things go wrong. But then as you yeah. get through later yeah. in the movie, you realize if you've ever been a person with like just horrible anxiety, that that is literally just intrusive thoughts she's had about like the worst case scenario about why this perfect thing can't continue. And the best I can come up with for it is like I understand some of those emotions. Never I've never been suicidal, I'm happy to say, but like understanding that really bad anxiety where you can see like a perfect time being about to be ended by anything and you have to hold on to that moment. I've been there and it takes Gary that progressing through that to go, okay, no, I do actually understand her. Like, you know, there's a beauty to when he goes back in time, just like when she starts going further back in time, they want to do something more, but either way, it's all very caring things that they do when they go back mm-hmm. in time. It's, 
Yes, her going back in time for a year plus to see Gary on the same day every day is pretty selfish. But anything they want to do that's more than seeing each other turns into something positive. Even when Gary didn't want to be, he's like, no, 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 please, uh, you know, let me let me help you here. And it's like, yes, you two do connect because you actually do care about each other. And that is, I think that fixed a bit for me that about hanging your your hopes or your wanting to live on one person because – it doesn't require that, but it, you know, it does on your darkest days require one bright light to get you through that. And this is trying to push through the magical thing that can save you from having, from getting to be, you know, living in that moment forever. Like you want to on those days is what pushes you past wanting to live in that moment forever and moving on to that next step. Well, there is a difference between having somebody that supports you as opposed to having the person be the only thing you have. And there is a distinction between those two. And I don't think that this film made that distinction. And that's a dangerous thing not to have a distinction. That's the, that's the thing that bothers me. It's like having it be like you are my everything, literally keeping me alive is not a romantic gesture. And, mm-hmm. and art has responsibility. Here's the success of this movie. We open by discussing the silliness and the comedy and how successful these actors are nailing the jokes and whatnot. But look at where we've segued into. (laughs) And that's exactly what this movie does. It gives you the shtick and the comedy all throughout this movie. And it slowly turns to this very dark and deep place that elicits a conversation about relationships, not time travel as it opens up. This movie shifts itself into discussing what long-term relationships really are as romantic as things can start you start feeling the mundanity of your partner of the things you do of going to the same place for dinner all the time telling the same jokes all the time hearing the same stories from each other and so i absolutely hear where we're all coming from with our talking points because yes when you look at the true logic of the film, there's a really dark thing happening here in handicapping someone with your emotional baggage. However, I think the movie did find a way to slowly turn the dials to be less about the loop and the time travel and the mm-hmm. sci fantasy of it and more about the the underlying message. Oh, of definitely. What do you allow yourself to give? What do you allow yourself to carry for someone else? Yeah, when you think of the big picture thing, this poor dude meets this girl, and in less than 12 hours, she is pouring everything onto him and saying, like, we've been together forever. And that's insane. That's manic Mm -hmm. when you look at the logic of it. But I think if you've come from or have been in lengthy relationships, you're going to start seeing through all the silliness, the truisms that make this movie hit a lot harder than I think we're realizing in our initial viewing of it. I'm not judging your guys' opinions. I'm saying that this movie is successful on all counts because we're even having a conversation about this, about a silly movie on Peacock. (laughs) Sure, and the thing is, I actually don't disagree with the message, especially when it comes to the allegory for relationships that this movie explores. I really liked that. I think that, yeah, but aside from, you know, my uh, issues with, I think, the tone shifting as drastically as it does and never quite feeling like it strikes that balance, I think that where it ends, I just felt it didn't earn that. And I yes, think the reason, definitely. And I think the reason for that is because, and I'm not uh, blaming uh, Kaylee Cuoco for this, 
I just never beyond that first act found myself really endeared to her. I can deal mm -hmm. with a character who is a complete mess, and she is. But what I was realizing towards the end was, I don't feel like this character has reached the end of the arc like the movie seems to think she has. It feels like yeah. the movie's saying, no, trust us. She's okay now. She's learned. And I'm like, <laughs> I honestly don't feel like she has, because I have not seen her really exhibit any sense of self-awareness through this entire thing. And she's doing things that are not only more, that are disturbing, like you were saying, Mindy, mm -hmm. she's dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a relationship that can last beyond maybe a few days, weeks, however long Pete Davidson wants to commit to this, <laughs> moving the allegory aside and looking at the reality of it. I'm right there with you because if you even look at how the finale of this is filmed versus the rest of the movie, it turns into an indie drama. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like waiting for a Lord Huron song to come in. <laughs> I would have been better with the ending if it had been a little clearer as to what that relationship was going to be. If they, mm -hmm. and the way it's filmed, it's like it's semi ambiguous, but it's more ambiguous towards the, hey, it's going to all work out. Yay. Mm -hmm. If trust they us. had, trust us, <laughs> if they had set it up more. As if they'd established, like, I am willing to be your friend right now, yeah. then then I would have been cool. But it doesn't really establish that in the way it is filmed, especially combined with the scenes during the credits, which, again, focus on their dating relationship. It implies yeah. that they're still a couple. And it's just like, mm -hmm. again, that leads into the whole... If a person relies on you for everything, that is a toxic relationship. And that is not right. a happy ending. And Melina, you said you don't want to blame Kaylee Coco. Coco. You don't want to blame <laughs> Kaylee for it. And I, and blame isn't the right word. But uh -huh. while these actors all have the strength towards the comedy side of this, and I think Pete Davidson is a better dramatic actor than people are giving him credit for, I think that's where you see the, the shortcomings of her talent. Not that she's talentless. I'm not trying to criticize her as a comedian or anything. I'm just saying to really sell the drama of where this goes, to be endeared to her, I think it might have taken a stronger actress to really sell that to us in the end, to really stick that landing and not leave us kind of questioning the toxicity of where it goes. If that's the point of the director and the intention of where they're going, then nailed it. It's toxic. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I thought she was I thought she was really good in the more dramatic moments. They're just in such stark contrast to her comedic bits. She plays those mm -hmm. very broad, very pithy. And then it's almost just a complete 180 when she hits the dramatic moments. And I'm like, that's why I, I use the word blame, not because I think some people will criticize that aspect. They'll blame it on her as not being that strong of an actor. I think she's great. I just don't think that the character was written in a way to where mm -hmm. it really felt like, A, you truly got inside her head and understood how she got to be where she is mm -hmm. well and also i i wanted a sense of i want to see where this character is growing or not growing but i just didn't feel that well here's the thing they did address it in a way that reinforced the toxic nature based on some of the stuff that gary so. did not some of the stuff mm -hmm. that she did and yeah. so it yes they addressed it but not in a way that was satisfying mm -hmm. i agree well, I, I still am impressed by this film for eliciting such comedy as well as a conversation like this, because I really do feel that this is what this movie was trying to do, which is a uh, time travel movie, time loop movie. How cool is that? Oh, rom-com. How cool is that? No, this is a relationship movie. 
But with that said, I'd love to get into some final thoughts here. Ben, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I think overall I kind of came out with the most positive from this. I feel like the way the movie was going in general, it's not needed to reach for that full closure on where the relationship's going and who they are. I think it's an important perspective on where it gets to in the relationship that it's, you know, her progress. I feel like they could have done more with it, but it is still about her growth from seeing Gary want to say, no, I'll I'll try to be here for you. And that changes her to realize some of her actions and become more self-aware and be aware that it's not about Gary. It's about she's holding on to this day and Gary is still wanting to be there for her and she needs to try for that. And I think that they don't explore that enough while they spend so much time on so much else in this movie. And that's part of the problem for, I, I believe, for where everyone else is kind of coming from on that. And I get that. But I think that explains that, especially even towards the ending, which I won't spoil how it ends, but it's pretty much that Gary still says, I'm here for you, but I'm not going to, you know, be the only thing for you. You need to make that choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the powerful message that they still work with. Yes, it could have been done better. Yes, there's still a lot of toxicity that they could have gone into. But I agree with what TC's been saying as well, that in a comic movie that is so good in its comedy, that doesn't feel out of place when it gets you to think about those things and discuss those things. Honestly, this is a movie that I would recommend for a lot of friends who also do understand those mental health things because it is very good for digging into that. This is a director who I see hasn't really done much else. Same for this writer. This is, I believe, their first feature film that they've written and got produced. It was on the blacklist, which I can fully see why. The writing, the characters, and the dialogue is stellar here. Talent. There's great little you know character bits. One of my favorite character actors, Kevin Corgan, gets it almost unfairly small part as the bartender here. I love Kevin Corgan and everything. Uh, but no, I love seeing Pete Davidson get to show his chops more. So many people are like, yeah, he's just an annoying millennial guy from uh, SNL. I hate him. It's like, no, dude, that guy can act. Like, he's got a type, don't get me wrong, but he can act. I think Cuoco does a great job here too. If you have any interest in a rom-com that hits on some of those deeper levels, if you like any of these actors at all, there's a much worse way you can spend 90 minutes than this, unless you don't want to pay money for Peacock and then I can't blame you. <laughs> so I'm going to give this seven and a half out of 10 old fashions. Very good. Mindy. I did enjoy it. Ultimately, as I said, I thought that it was the tone and the, the way it's presented is very sweet and the acting is very stellar and especially because I've seen some things with Pete Davidson and him being able to be something other than kind of stoner waste <laughs> is rather refreshing. And, you know, everybody that is a speaking character does get a moment to shine, albeit some of them far smaller. I actually really loved Rock Kohi. Hopefully I pronounced that right as a meat. <laughs> As uh, Sheila and Amit have a conversation, which is actually really, really fun. I'm not sure how I feel about it based on this is meant to be a romantic comedy and having an underlying message of toxicity. It's the red flag warning bell of I don't feel comfortable when messages like this come out because, again, art has a responsibility and spreading toxicity as love is a dangerous thing. So I agree with you, Ben, that I think that if this script had been a little longer, it would have been able to dress, address those things a little better and have it be less ambiguous in regards to the toxic nature of the relationship, which I think would have made me feel a little bit better. But that said, what for what it is, it is very well done. 
and I do appreciate it for its artistic merit and its discussion, as you said, TC, about what it is to be in a relationship. And that was actually a rather unique way to explore it. Here, I'm going to give it slightly higher than you, Ben. I'm going to give it eight walls that are completely and utterly decorated with Christmas lights to the point that you can't even see the walls anymore. <laughs> oh, la la's. Melina. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have seen the good and the bad reviews for this movie. I mean, right now I think it's sitting at like 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, at least the critic score. And I see both sides to that because I have, there are things that I really enjoy about this movie and there are things that I really don't. And I think the main one that I don't enjoy is just, I could forgive all of that, you know, toxicity that we're seeing explored, like you were saying, Mindy, if I felt like the movie wrapped that up in yes. a way where it actually felt like it was aware of that toxicity. Yes. Instead of trying to pass it off as, they're okay now. This is like, this is a great jumping off point for whatever they do next. I was like, I just, I don't feel that way. And it, it's like, you're trying to tell me that that's how I should feel. But I did really enjoy the performances. I thought uh, Kaylee Cuoco was very funny. I thought she was great dramatically too. I do think that that character is written in a way that's a bit uneven. But Pete Davidson, I think this might be the best I've ever seen him. Agreed. I yes. really enjoyed him in this. He was the character that I was kind of pulling for the whole time. I'm like, mm -hmm. God, dude, I just, I want everything to work out for you. You're just so sweet and endearing. I saw uh, The King of Staten Island, and I think that movie was longer than his whole fling with Kim Kardashian. But, you know, <laughs> he was good in it, and I think he's great here. <laughs> this is a movie worthy of recommending because it clearly does inspire discussion. And I think people clearly are taking different things from it. I will go back and watch this again. Am I dying to? Not really, but I probably will. And maybe I will like it more the second time. Maybe I will pick up on something that I didn't the first time. If I'm thinking about going and rewatching it again because it's got me thinking like this, then it's doing something right. So I am going to give this, I'm going to give this six and a half out of ten uh, dream flavored ice cream cones. Hmm. <laughs> well, as this movie lovingly tells us, some shit sticks. Trauma is who we are. If I didn't have occasional moments of worthlessness, then I wouldn't have the joy that follows in life. And sometimes people cut you and they leave an imprint on you that's like a gash on your soul and you just live with it. You can't actually undo that. If you erase the pain, you erase the person. And hey, it's okay for things to be messy sometimes, as the movie tells us multiple times. This movie does a really sweet and sometimes hard to watch job because of the realness of presenting a long-term relationship and in all its issues. Kaylee and Pete have excellent chemistry, which sometimes you don't get in movies like this. Sticking two people together because they're hot doesn't mean they're going to work. And these two work great. The writing is witty and some very fun, dark and touching moments. The gimmick serves the plot really well, much like Happy Death Day, if I may use that as a comparison, as spinning the time loop genre. And I really enjoyed this. Maybe I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did, and therefore I liked it more, but I would watch this again if a friend told me they were interested. So, Melina, I will watch this movie with you again if you'd like. <laughs> I'm going to give Meet Cute an 8 out of 10 stars on Yelp. Aww. <laughs> so, where do you want to go out? to eat like uh, Indian food 
It's a real Sophie's it's, choice, isn't it? I love when you make that joke. I knew you would say that. 